Hello, and welcome to the Healthy Balanced Birth and Beyond podcast. I'm Olivia, your host, and on this podcast, we will talk about everything related to the journey to conceive, pregnancy, labor, birth, postpartum, parenthood, and beyond. This is a safe space where birth professionals, birthing people, expected parents, and partners can come on and share their knowledge or personal experiences with our listeners. The goal of this podcast is to create connections, share stories, information, and resources to educate and empower people in their own personal journey. Good morning, listeners. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Healthy Balance Birth and Beyond podcast. Today, I have a special guest with me who is actually located in Hawaii. Her name is September, and we recently connected um, via email and Instagram, and she would like to share a bit about her story in regards to talking about miscarriages and infertility, and she is now a mother of seven. So we're going to dive into how that happened for her and what she did to get herself there. So September, would you like to tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. This is um, really exciting. So my story is, yes, I'm now a mother of seven. Um, I had three children. I had my first at 25 and then 27 and 29. And then after number three, number three was a little bit of a more difficult pregnancy than the first two were. And then the delivery with him as well. He had, um, he was born at home, but he had shoulder dystocia. So he kind of got stuck in the birth canal. And and then when he was born, um, you know, we had to kind of convince him that breathing is a good idea. Um, So, so, um, but so that pregnancy was a little bit different from the first two. And then after that, um, their dad, when he was, less than a year old, their dad went to Afghanistan for a year. After we got back, um, we, I kind of accidentally got pregnant. It wasn't really an intentional pregnancy. Um, and I lost that pregnancy very quickly, you know, but even when you unintentionally get pregnant, it takes you what a half a second to get excited that you're pregnant even when you're not expecting it. Um, and so, you know, there was that sense of excitement and, oh, we're having another baby. And then that baby was gone. Um, and so, and that ended up happening four times in a row, just back to back miscarriages like that. Oh my goodness. So so looking at like how the pregnancy with Nate had gone, I was like, I feel like something is off. And so I I had started a nutrition school. I'd been interested in nutrition since I was about 20. Mm -hmm. And so I had started a nutrition program and was learning a lot. And I thought, you know, I'm, I had started a business and was working with people on, you know, weight loss and blood sugar stabilization and things like that. And so I thought, you know, if I'm helping these people with these other things, maybe if I really, really stick to what I'm preaching, then that will help me with the miscarriages and actually be able to to maintain a pregnancy. So I did that and I really, really stuck to it and, um, it, and it did work. And Gracie is now seven and a half and an absolute little firecracker. <laughs> She's so fun. Um, so, and then I, a, a little bit of a glitch in the story there, I divorced their dad and then got into another relationship with a man who didn't have any children. And so we wanted to have one together. So we had our daughter, which I didn't have any difficulty conceiving her at all. Okay. Um, this time I had been so into the nutrition stuff for so long that I, you know, I wasn't even concerned about it. Um, so I had her and then I got a copper IUD put in and then I got pregnant with twins. Oh my, and God. So, <laughs> right? oh my gosh. 
seven of them. Um, so going from, you know, recurrent miscarriages to very actively trying to prevent a pregnancy and, oh, here's two more, by the way, you know. So that's Surprise. Kind of <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, that just sounds like such a journey. And I do want to say how sorry I am for the babies that you have lost because, um, like you said, I don't think that people fully understand, like, when you do become pregnant and then you start thinking about that you're having a baby and you're planning for it and how it's going to change your life and then you lose them, it's just, like, everything changes. And so I'm, I'm very, very sorry about that. Thank you. And it is, you know, it is, it's devastating and it changes your perspective on a lot of different things. You start to see things very differently. Um, so yeah, I don't know what more to say about that, but it is, it's hard for anybody to go through. Yeah, no, I just wanted to say that because I feel like there are also some people who just don't understand that, like, even when you do have a miscarriage, like you still have a baby and that still makes you a mom. So I think that's something to to talk about and make sure that people are mindful of the language that they're using. Absolutely. And I do think that there is, you know, you do need to mourn the loss of those children too. Um, yes. They are children. You are their mother. And, and there is a mourning and a grieving process that I think it's very important to actually allow yourself to go through. Absolutely. I totally agree. Um, so in terms of the your nutrition journey, that led you to your job now, correct? Yes. Um, so it, it's, that's also been a journey. Everything about my life kind of evolves, um, over time, but I, once I was able to get pregnant and stay pregnant and realized that it was because of the nutrition, I started turning my focus to working with couples with infertility. And so my practice was pretty much based on infertility. Um, and so I just worked with individual couples and helped them change their diets, their lifestyle, get, you know, clean up their cleaning products and their body products and all of those kinds of things and change their nutrition. Um, and, and it was incredibly effective, you know? And so then I decided that, um, I kind of am of the mindset that every modality out there works and it's just a matter of figuring out which one is right for you. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to stay completely focused on nutrition when there's, you know, acupuncture and chiropractors and, and there's so many other different modalities out there that all have an influence and an effect and they're all effective. Um, and so I started the Colorado Fertility Conference. Oh. So that was based all around bringing all of these different practitioners together. And we even, you know, we had the reproductive endocrinologists there. Um, we had everybody. So, um, so that was really, really incredible. And that was the premise of that was like, yes, nutrition works, but so does this and so does this and so does this and so does this. So let's bring everybody together under one roof so couples can get their questions answered in one day all at once so they're not spending months or years tracking down all of these different people. Yeah. Um, so then I moved to Hawaii, and when I got to Hawaii, um, I reached out to the owner of Hawaii Surrogacy, and I said, hey, can I just do some recruiting for you? I just got to the island, and I'm you know, getting my bearings here kind of a thing. I'll just do some recruiting. And she wrote me back, and she said, oh, I was on the island of Kauai, and she said, oh, I'm looking for a coordinator on Kauai, um, so why don't you just be the coordinator instead of just being a recruiter? And so I said, oh, fantastic. That's great. Um and so I, I started being the Kauai coordinator for Hawaii Surrogacy. 
Well, I ended up having to leave Hawaii very suddenly and unexpectedly. And so, you know, I sent her an email and said, I'm very sorry, but I have to go. And she said, well, why don't we just keep you on as the health coach? We've already got your program on um, the website and that's going. So just stay on board and just be our health coach for us. And so I said, well, that's fantastic. Absolutely. I will definitely do that. So that's kind of the journey that led to um, being the health coach for Hawaii surrogacy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it seems like, I mean, there were things that I didn't even know that you talked about. So I didn't know about the Colorado Fertility Conference. So could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So in May of 2018 was when we held the Colorado Fertility Conference. And like I said, it was it was based around bringing in everybody from, you know, the reproductive endocrinologists to the most holistic people. We had um, somebody there from embryo adoption. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with embryo adoption, but that's a fascinating concept, right? Yeah, there. no, I actually, I, I would love to hear more about it. So embryo adoption is basically, you know, a lot of these couples that are going through IVF treatments, they, they um, create multiple embryos and then they only want to implant one or maybe two of those embryos, but some of them have five, six, seven embryos. They don't want necessarily a family that big. And so the question becomes, well, what do we do with these embryos? You know? Um, they're just sitting in a freezer, basically. So embryo adoption companies, agencies started stepping in and saying, well, there are lots of couples out there who can't use their own sperm and their own eggs. So why don't we let them adopt these embryos? Okay. So they'll implant them into the mother. And um, so, you know, genetically, this child is an adopted child, but she gave birth to her own adopted child. So it's a it's a cool concept. Yeah, I had actually I've never heard of that. And I'm glad that you talked about it because I I don't think many if many people know that that is an option. And part of what yeah. I want this podcast to be about is making sure that people know what all of their options are. So that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know anything about it until the conference either. Um, I think they reached out to me and said that they wanted to be a part of the conference. So um, that specific company was called Snowflake Adoption Agency, but there's others out there too. Um, so the conference was, you know, uh, just an all day on a, I think it was on a Saturday. And so we just spent the day together and we did different classes and I had a fertility attorney there. Um, that fertility attorney actually owns Colorado Surrogacy. And so, you know, she came in and she talked about some of the legal aspects of infertility and lots of different things that you have to think about when you're going through adoption or surrogacy or those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, it was just a great day, very educational. And um, it was helpful, I think, for the couples who attended. Yeah. I was going to ask, so is that going to be something that's reoccurring or you guys just had it held at once? It was supposed to be a recurring thing, but life circumstances have made it so that it's probably not going to happen again. Okay. I, I would love for it to. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's so important. And I mean, it's amazing that you guys did that and got all of those different resources in one space for families to come and sit and listen and talk to, rather than having it be, like you said, like drawn out over months, drawn out over years, them having to do their own research because honestly, it's hard for to find research about like pregnancy and fertility, like really, really accurate research. So when you have people who are experts within the space, having them all together is just like absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's well, part of um, the inspiration for it was that I met an IVF doctor from the Ukraine. Okay. And he sat down for lunch one day and just talked about how things are so different over in the Ukraine. And what they do there is, you know, his IVF clinic has everything under one roof and he talked about how if you are if you're um sending referrals out and sending these couples to another doctor or another whatever the case may be 
you're wasting precious time. And when you're talking about infertility, like your clock is ticking. We all know that. And every moment is precious. And so why spend years going from one place to another when it can be all housed under one roof? So that was kind of the inspiration for the conference there. Right. And that's one thing, too, that I've been talking to, whether it's mothers or people within the birth space and the fertility space, is that I just feel like we need more like clinics that have everything all together, like encompassed into one. So like you said, having it all under one roof. So then when somebody comes in, say they want to do acupuncture, if they're struggling with infertility, they can do acupuncture. If they want to start talking about nutrition, they can come see a health coach like you. If they want to get some blood work done, they can see a functional medicine doctor, you know, like having all of those things underneath one roof so people know about what their options are and so they're accessible. I think that's one of the biggest things that seems to be the hardest when it comes to talking about this is making sure that it's accessible to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's a dream of mine is to have some sort of a facility where, you know, you've got an acupuncturist and a chiropractor and a nutritionist and you've just got everybody in one building and we just say, yeah, go see this person. Yeah. So that's literally, it's a dream of mine as well. So maybe we can work together and make it happen. (laughs) Sounds good. Let's do it. Um, So I wanted to kind of rewind back to one of the things that you mentioned when you were saying that you were working with couples on their nutrition and on their lifestyle um, to try and help their fertility. Um, One of the things you mentioned was paying attention to the products that they use within their home, the products that they use on their skin. Would you mind sharing a little bit more about that? Yeah. um, So a lot of the cleaning products that we use in our house come with MSDS, which means, um, you know, it basically tells you that this is a hazardous chemical. Um, And that's not something that you want to be around when you're trying to have a baby. Um, Really, it's not something that you want to be around at any time. And there are so many natural cleaning alternatives out there. I use vinegar, and that's really all I use to clean with. It disinfects everything. It's it's fantastic. There's higher um, acidity vinegars that they sell for actual cleaning. I think it goes up to like 30% acidity. That's going to kill everything. Like you have nothing to worry about. Right. So no COVID there. I, I actually hope that's true. I don't know for certain. I've never looked that up. But I would imagine that it could kill the COVID virus. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the biggest things that when I started switching the products that we use, uh, the first thing was like the cleaning stuff. Because for um, me, once I started, even before I was pregnant, I was always very sensitive to smells and fragrances. They would give me migraines if I had to be around them. So yeah. that was one of the first things that I changed. And it's just, it's amazing. Like you don't have toxic chemicals in your house that are not good for you to breathe in in general. And then like scented candles and air fresheners, that sort of stuff is just, I was so, so sensitive to it. And then once I learned that they're hormone disruptors, most people don't know that because it's not shared. It's not, there's no like disclaimer, like, Hey, this might smell nice, but it could really disrupt your hormones, which it could impact you being able to get pregnant. Absolutely. Yeah. They are huge hormone disruptors. And the the nice thing about the day and age that we live in now is that there's so many alternatives, you know, yes. you've got essential oils so if you really want your house to smell pretty get some essential oils um just make sure that they're high quality you know but a lot of the essential oils actually help balance your hormones right. so they do things for you it has the opposite effect so stay away from the the fake chemical stuff and just get the real stuff nature smells great right 
And that's one thing that I think is so important because I feel like, like what you said in terms of using things that will disinfect your house and keep things clean and also not be toxic for you to breathe in, um, I I don't think most people fully understand that and fully understand the impact that it has on our body in general, let alone if you're trying to conceive. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, So is cleaning products the first thing you usually work on with people? Or is there like an order that you usually go through? So yeah, cleaning products and body products are huge because you're putting those directly into your lungs and directly onto your skin. And anything that you put onto your skin is going to get absorbed into your bloodstream. Right. Um, so the shower products, your shampoos, your soaps, um, any perfume, any of those kinds of things. Toothpaste even is a huge one. Um, yeah, all of it basically. So you want to you want to go through and you want to there's go to um, e, ewg.org. Yep. And that. That's a great one. You can actually download an app on your phone. And when you go to the store, you can scan the barcode and it'll tell you on a level of one to 10, how safe it is. So one is very, very safe, very clean. And then 10 is like, you're going to get cancer tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and again, that's like, I'm, I'm thankful that you just shared that resource because most people don't know that that exists. And it's something that's so simple that we can just do right on our phones and you can do it while you're at the store. So having yeah. that is, can make it can be such a game changer if you're trying to move towards a less or a more non-toxic life going to the store and having that resource and being able to utilize it is so important but I also yeah. think too not only doing that but if there are certain ingredients and things that you're not familiar with or if what you scan does not come up on the EWG website or app um, I'd always recommend people actually look up those ingredients and do some research on their own as well. Yeah. And the EWG, I believe if I recall, I haven't used it in a while, but if I recall, you can actually put in the individual ingredients on there too. And it'll tell you about the safety of the individual ingredients. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, so what we'll do is we'll include a link to the EWG website in the show notes for this. So everybody can check that out. Yeah, that's great. So then in terms of, um, perfumes and like scents. And one thing that I spent a lot of time thinking about before my daughter was born was the, um, the detergent that we use. So the detergent that the, um, clothes, clothes detergent and, um, the dryer sheets, because I feel like there's this misconception that if something doesn't smell like roses or just have a certain scent to it, that it's not clean. And so what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I, I can understand that there are some people that really like that. Um, one of the things about detergent itself is I noticed before I really got into all this stuff, why do they have different detergents for infant clothes? Like, right. why why do they need to have softer detergents for infant clothes? Why, why wouldn't we want those softer detergents on our adult bodies? And especially if you're growing a baby, then, you know, that's all going to affect everything. So um, that was one of the questions that I started with. And um, so now I've completely changed all of my detergents, just like you. But if you want your stuff to smell good, you know, they've got those wool dryer balls that are fantastic. And you put a little essential oil on those and then your clothes are going to smell like lavender or roses or whatever you choose. Um, And so that's it's just that simple. Yeah. And I love that tip, too, because a lot of people don't realize they're like, oh, well, the only option I have is a dryer sheet. And a lot Mm -hmm. of those are just 
crazy, crazy scented. Um, for me, I struggle with it just because, like I said, I'm just incredibly sensitive to smells. So during pregnancy, it was amplified for me. Um, I couldn't be around people that were wearing too much cologne or anything like that. It was just, it's, it's overwhelming. And once I truly feel once you take some of those things out, um, or just pay attention to what scents you are actually have around you, like in your house, like using essential oils, like you mentioned, you notice such a difference when you go somewhere else and there's just all of these crazy fragrances. Um, yes. It's wild. Well, it starts to smell unnatural. As right. you get more moved to the natural sort of smells, then everything, all of the chemical stuff actually starts to have kind of that icky, like you can tell instantly you pick up on it. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so then in terms of the clients that you see, could you share like what you see the most, um, not any like specific cases or anything, but just what you see people looking for in terms of looking for health for new help for nutrition? Well, I'm, I like to follow more of the, and I don't subscribe to any specific diet necessarily. My, my plan is called a clean eating plan. It is about 97% paleo, which means no grains. Okay. Um, and the reason for that is just because a lot of people's bodies with all of the autoimmune disease, a lot of people's bodies are reacting to the grains. And it's, it's more about poor quality than it is about grains it's themselves. But um, because we don't prepare them properly and we don't um, grow them even properly, they're, they're causing damage. So I try to pe get people to eat a lot more fat, healthy fats, you know, extra virgin olive oil, very pure, um, unrefined coconut oil, mm -hmm. um, ghee, you know, cook with ghee when you're frying eggs or something like that, use ghee, um, which is just a clarified butter. It just means they took the lactose and the casein out of the butter and now it's just a pure butter oil. Right. Um, Grass-fed butter is also great. If you love the flavor of butter, that's fantastic. Um, but that's really, I try to get people to eat a lot more fat because low-fat diets are a huge part of why we're in the health crisis that we're in right now. Your body needs fat. Your brain is basically made up of fat. Mm -hmm. All of your hormones are fat. They're cholesterol. So they, I mean, they are fat. So you need more fat in your body to be able to produce the hormones and to be able to, to do, get your body to do what it needs to do. Um, yeah, ahead. no, sorry. I was just going to say, I love that you brought up the topic of the whole low fat diet phenomenon. Like it's people are afraid of consuming fat, even when it's good fats that are good for your body. And they don't realize that having everything low fat, eating everything low fat is detrimental to your overall health. Like we need these fats, whether you're trying to get pregnant or you're just trying to live a healthier lifestyle. It's so, so important to have that. Absolutely. And like I said, it's, you know, your brain is basically made up of fat. And so if you're starting to have those moments where you're like, oh, I know this word, but it's not coming to me. Or, you know, why did I walk into this room just now? I know I had a reason for coming in here. Um, then that's, that's the sign that your brain is sort of want begging you to eat some more fat so um the coconut oil is great for your brain it's also great for your kidneys um so yeah so i'm i'm just really really big on that and then basically focusing on vegetables and very antioxidant rich fruits um so very brightly colored fruits and berries um the more berries you can eat the better off you are berries flush estrogen out of your liver so they're fantastic um 
So, you know, uh, beets, I, I beg people to eat beets. I love if beets. You can, <laughs> I know, they're so good. Once you get used to them, it's like a lot of people tell me they taste like dirt, but mm. you just got to do it. Just keep trying it until you get past that and you will. Yeah. Um, and different ways of preparing them too. Yeah. I love just making like a, um, kind of like a, like a veggie stir fry type thing <laughs> where you just yeah. roast them all together and then it just tastes good. I think, I think that's another thing too, is just that if we didn't grow up eating something, there are a lot of people who have f- like food aversions to things, or if they didn't like it when they were younger, they're, they're not interested in trying it again. But in terms of your overall health and what your body actually needs, we need to be trying these things. We need to be seeing how they sit with our body. And I think what you said before, like it's important that you're not just giving a one size fits all nutrition plan to people because every single body is different and everyone's body needs different amounts of minerals, nutrients, X, Y, and Z. And so I'd love for you to share a bit about the importance of tuning into your body, paying attention to the food that you're consuming and how it makes you feel. So really just listening to your body. Yeah. So one of the big things is when you're looking at food, look at the colors and and look at what the colors are doing for you and kind of saying to you, because your body knows what you need, but you do have to introduce foods to your body um, for your body to sort of be able to say, yes, I'm craving beets today. You know, if you've never eaten a beet, then your body can't say that because it doesn't know. Um, but when you stand in the refrigerator, you know, if you kind of take a deep breath in and really look at what your options are and tune into your body and just kind of say, okay, what is it that you need today? Because our bodies need different nutrients on different days based on the weather, based on our activity levels, based on, you know, a lot of different factors. Are you breastfeeding? Um, Are you pregnant? A lot of different factors. And so every day just sort of ask your body, just tune in very closely to your body. Most cultures around the world still go grocery shopping every day. They still buy their fresh produce every day. Um, you know, they stop at the market on their way home from work or whatever. Yeah. And we don't do, we think that we should buy a week's worth of produce at a time. And that's not necessarily, you know, that's not necessarily tuning into what your body needs on any given day. Right. Yeah. And I love that you shared that too, because I remember like, if you, if, if you knew me back in like elementary school, college days, compared to what I ate then versus what I eat now, like you would be like astronomically surprised. I literally, like, I did not want to have salads until like college. I started eating salads in college. And I remember even after that, once I was really, really paying attention to what I was consuming, I would crave salads. I would crave fresh salads. I would crave veggies. And I remember being like, whoa, this is so weird. <laughs> things I yeah. never thought that I would eat. I was really, my body was telling me, hey, I want these things. And so, like you said, I think it's important to stand in front of your refrigerator and see what your body needs that day, what your body is craving, what it, what it's telling you. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, look at the colors of the foods. The colors will tell you a lot and that you'll be attracted to specific colors on different days. So, you know, you've, you've got reds, you've got blues, oranges, yellows, um, all of these beautiful, vibrant colors that come from the ground and of course greens. And if you pay attention and really focus on that and the beauty of the food, I think that that visual will kind of set off something in your body telling your body i need i need a mango because i need that orange pigment today um so 
So the colors are, I love focusing on the colors. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that you said that too, because I've seen people say like, eat the rainbow, like look at your plate and see how many different colors are on it. If there aren't many, let's add some more to it. And I think one of the things that I learned the most when I did my health and nutrition coaching myself was they were saying that people spend so much time focusing on the things that they can't have, like in air quotes, like shouldn't have. Um, And they're focusing on what they're taking away rather than focusing on what they're bringing in and focusing on how those things are going to positively impact your overall health and nutrition. Yeah, we use the term crowding out yes. um, when I was in school. And so it was, the concept was exactly what you just said. Like, don't think about, no, I can't have a chocolate chip cookie. Think about, okay, I'm going to eat um, a salad today and I'm going to eat eggs for breakfast and I'm going to eat a mango and I'm going to eat, you know. And so think about what you are going to eat and eat those foods. And then, you know, you you just naturally sort of set the cookie aside. It's not even a willpower issue. It's just a more, much more natural, much easier kind of concept. Yeah. And one thing I was just thinking about, I don't remember if it was in my nutrition coaching or not, or if it was just a conversation I was having with somebody. Um, we were talking about how if you like, if you set yourself up to like have a very nutrient dense breakfast, how that positively impacts the rest of your day. So it's like a snowball effect of, okay, I have this healthy nutrition, nutritious breakfast full of things that my body wants, bright colors. And then throughout the day, like you said, you're not even like, oh, I need that cookie. It's just your body is, is you're giving your body what it needs. So your body's not reaching for things that it wouldn't necessarily otherwise. Yeah. And, and that goes back to your brain too. That goes back to nourishing your brain. And if you nourish your brain first thing in the morning, then you're going to be more focused on work or your kids or, you know, whatever it is that you do throughout your day. And so you're not even going to be thinking about that junk food as much. It just, it doesn't come in because you're more able to focus more clearly. Right. And so I was just thinking if, would you mind sharing a little bit more about the things that you had to change personally, like in your journey to become more fertile? Well, kind of like you, if you knew what I ate 10 years ago compared to what I eat, (laughs) it's like night and day. Um, I was raised on Kraft macaroni and cheese and cold cereal and McDonald's. And that's really what my diet was when I was a kid. And, you know, I didn't, the first time that I was introduced to the concept of nutrition, I think I was 20 years old. And, um, And that was, it was sort of like a switch immediately, like, oh, wait, you mean that when I eat the food, I'm supposed to care about what it does once it gets inside my body? It's supposed to be more than just fill my stomach and make the hunger go away? Um, And so, so the things that I had to change were, you know, I gave up pizza, I gave up the macaroni and cheese, I, I gave up a lot of those things, and I started doing like green smoothies, and I started juicing, I bought myself a juicer, um, so I started juicing the fresh, fresh vegetables, um, getting all of those amazing nutrients. I, I think that the reason that I was having those recurrent miscarriages was a vitamin A deficiency, and there were a couple of different symptoms that sort of suggested that. Um, and so I really started focusing on vitamin A, and then I started learning about superfoods, um, so goji berries and real chocolate. Um, mm-hmm. Chocolate's one foods on the planet if you get it right um just don't buy Hershey's (laughs) right (laughs) um so but yeah the you know learning about the superfoods and how if you're deficient in something like vitamin a 
then there are superfoods out there that like are just packed with vitamin A. And so if you eat a bunch of those over time, it's really going to replenish your stores. Yeah. So when, when you were talking about, you feel that you feel like that your miscarriages were because of a vitamin A deficiency, was that something that you discovered on your own or did you get blood work done to look at that? I didn't get blood work done. I looked at the symptoms and, um, did some, you know, asked Dr. Google and, um, basically kind of piece things together. And then I talked to my midwife about it and she was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, vitamin A is very, very important as the embryo is developing when those, especially in the first, I think nine weeks or so, um, when they, those cells are splitting so rapidly that they need a lot of protection as they're splitting. And vitamin A is one of the components that helps to protect the cells as they're splitting. So if it's not getting that protection, then things start to go wrong. Yeah. And I think it's so, so important to to really spend the time to listen to your body. Like you said, you noticed symptoms that you were having and then you started researching them on your own. And I think that that's one thing that I always want to encourage people is to do your own research, to look at what your body is telling you. And based off of that, try and figure out what's going on. And then also, like you said, utilizing nutrition, paying attention to what you're consuming every day, every day, whether it's what you're eating, what you're putting on your body, what's around you. I feel like there's just a kind of like a misconception that for some people, like some doctors don't even recommend changing nutrition. They don't ask if you're taking specific vitamins. And that is so, so important in general, but especially when you're trying to conceive. Yeah, absolutely. I And I don't like that there are doctors out there who kind of who downplay um, the importance of nutrition. It's incredibly frustrating. I know the best IVF doctors out there, they do care about nutrition, and that is a part of their protocol. Mm-hmm. They do people. A lot of them more and more are going towards keto diets. Keto diets are fascinating because they actually started out as an anti-epilepsy diet. Oh, okay. Um, and they work wonders for epilepsy. But um, the more that we're putting a lot of different people on these diets and everybody is responding to them, you know, autism responds well to keto diets, um, infertility responds really well to keto diets. Um, so there are so many different things. And one of the, the big, there's basically three main foods in our standard American diet that I try to tell people, these are kind of the things that you need to find replacements for. Mm-hmm. One of them is gluten. Um, and gluten in and of itself is not a horrible thing, but American wheat that's been over hybridized and been sprayed with glyphosate and all of these different things, it's destroying your health. It, I mean, it really is. Um, so getting off of gluten is huge for fertility, getting away from vegetable oils and replacing them with, like I said, the olive oil, the unrefined coconut oil, things like that. Get away from those vegetable oils because they're too high in omega-6 fatty acids. And, um, and they throw off your omega-3, omega-6 balance. You want a lot more omega-3s and a lot less omega-6s. And omega-3s, of course, come from fish and flaxseed and um, chia seeds, those kinds of sources. Um, and then the third one is sugar. Sugar immediately, they've, they've done studies that found that like literally as soon as you eat sugar, your immune system goes down. Um, and you need a strong immune system to carry a child. You really do. That's part of being pregnant is having a strong immune system. 
And not only does it lower your immune system, but it also um, throws off your hormone balance immediately um, because it spikes your blood sugar, which causes insulin, which messes with estrogen and progesterone. And it's just, it's just this downward spiral. So sugar is like, we've got to get off the sugar. Um, so those are really the three main foods. Yeah. And I think it's so important for you to not only, like you just explained, you told us the three main things that we should try and remove from the standard American diet, but then you also went into the reasoning behind them. Because I, I feel like, again, there's this stigma that when we're sharing information about how certain things, whether it's ingredients or certain foods, are impacting our bodies, people are people kind of view it as like a fear-mongering way. And when in reality, it's like, no, we're just trying to explain these things in a way that you understand and get you to realize the impact that it is having on your body. Because I feel like so many people just think it's woo-woo that we're sitting here saying, remove gluten, try and remove sugar, try and remove vegetable oils. Um, But I love that you shared that you use coconut oil and olive oil, but we also have to pay attention to like people say like canola oil is like heart healthy and it just there's so much misinformation but there's also so much um what's the word that I'm looking for apparently I need more fatty acids (laughs) I need some more avocados um what I was trying to say was how some of the things in stores when they're on the shelves they have branding that makes it appear healthy when in reality it's not healthy for you yeah yeah, the American Heart Association has done a great job of like putting heart healthy on things that are not necessarily heart healthy. And so that's a really frustrating thing for me um, because people are going to listen to an organization like that. And it's like, you know, I come from a family of people who have severe heart attacks, people who die of heart attacks. And so that's that's one that hits home for me. That's very personal to me. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just think that we really need to be paying attention to just eating real food, paying attention to like the ingredient is that food. It's not a million other ingredients. Um, I think this was in my nutrition training where they said, when you go to a grocery store, literally just like go to the produce and avoid all of the aisles in between. Unless, unless you're looking for coconut oil or something like that. Right. Yeah. Shop the periphery of the store and don't, don't go into the center or at the very least, you know, start at the outside of the store, fill your cart. And then by the time you get into the aisles, you're like, oh, this is already going to be, you know, X amount of dollars. So I'm only going to spend a little bit in the, in the center aisles, which is great. Um, So, yeah, but that's also goes along with the crowding out concept. Just fill your basket with the produce and the, um, the stuff on the outside, the fresh meats, the free range meats, things like that. Yeah. And and like you said, too, just we're not saying like completely cut everything out, just add more things in and then it's naturally going to crowd out these things that are impacting your health, that are impacting your fertility, that are impacting your brain. And I just feel like it's such a basic message that we're trying to get across is that you need to listen to your body first and foremost, and then also utilize the foods that your body is craving. Pay attention to how the foods make your body feel. So I always am curious, when you work with clients, do you recommend that they do a food journal to pay attention to what they're eating and then how it makes them feel? 
Yeah, I actually won't take a client until after they've done two weeks of food journaling. If they're not willing to commit to that, then I won't even take them as a client. Wow. Um, so they, they have to do at least those first two weeks of food journaling. And I ask about how they're feeling emotionally, how they're feeling physically, um, you know, what they ate. And we what we do is I, I'll sit down with them and I'll, we find patterns. And sometimes it's like 24 hours later after you ate something, but every single time you eat that food, 24 hours later, you have a headache or, you know, you just feel a little bit like low energy or whatever the case may be. Um, but I'm really, really good at finding those patterns. And so that's why I do that. Yeah, no. And I love that you do that because I think that's very important because you want to make sure that they're actually going to be committed to doing these things. And so if they really want to commit to making these lifestyle and nutrition changes, they have to commit to paying attention to what they're consuming. Yeah, it's it's very draining for the practitioner if you have um, a client who's not actually committed, you know, um, and so that's why for a while there, of course, I was just taking whoever came in the door. But then after a while, it was like, this is just really frustrating. And the people who are willing to commit to keeping a food journal for two weeks, they're the ones who do the work. But I also want to point out there along with that, that this is not an overnight change. If yes. you come work with me, I don't expect you to go from zero to 60 overnight. This is a journey that I've been on for 10 years now, 15 years, you know, and it's been a very slow journey. And it goes, you know, I have my ups and downs to this day. I'll still go for a chocolate chip cookie if I'm really pissed off or something. You know, I, I'll still go for that chocolate chip cookie. And that's perfectly fine. It's not a, nobody expects you to be perfect. Right. And only ever eat, you know, produce and free range meats for the rest of your life. And if you slip up, that's fine. That's called being human. Right. You know. And I think too, like you said, it's finding that healthy balance, you know, paying paying attention to what you're consuming. And then if like we, we're all human, we, we will yeah. go for a cookie, we'll go for a piece of cake. It's not saying that you can't have these things. It's just being mindful of how much you're consuming because that's going to impact how you feel overall. And if you're consuming these things consistently, that's going to make you feel horrible and it's going to impact a variety of things. I really love that you talked about um, sugar in the immune system because our immune system is so, so important and we need to be paying attention to that. Um, but in general, but especially when we're pregnant, we need to have that immune system. Yeah. The immune system is so important for pregnancy and they found that women with lowered immune systems, that's a huge factor in infertility. And the immune system right now is incredibly frustrating to me with COVID going on because I'm sitting here wondering why are they not telling us to get off of sugar right now? Why are they not saying eat more salads? You know, take care of your own immune system. Um, so that's a, a big frustration. It's very on the front of my mind right now with COVID going on. I'm sure that we could spend a whole another <laughs> podcast episode talking about the frustrations about the lack of um Oh gosh. Yeah. I'm just, I don't really feel like getting into it because I am very frustrated in the same way that you are. Yes, yes, yes. They should be um, telling us things that are going to help our immune system, not suppress them. Yes. Basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I guess another topic that we could get into a little bit, if you're open to it, is um, it, a lot of people these days are struggling with things like um, depression, anxiety, mm -hmm. and there are very real ways to work around those things and to help those things through diet, through nutrition, um, and, and through what's called amino acid therapy. Are you familiar with that? I'm not. Would you tell us more about it? 
So amino acid therapy is all about, um, you know, serotonin, for instance, the precursor to serotonin is tryptophan. And so if you supplement with tryptophan, then you're going to be getting a lot more serotonin into your body. And so it can be as simple for some people, not for everybody, of course, but for some people, if you're just feeling a little bit blue and a little bit down for a while, um, it can be as simple as getting a tryptophan supplement or a 5-HTP supplement, uh, which is kind of the same thing. Um, you know, if anxiety like GABA is the anti-anxiety amino acid, and so supplementing with GABA, especially right before you go to bed at night, um, can help you get a better night's sleep, and it can help you just help calm those nerves down. And it goes a lot deeper than that. There's a lot more. Um, there's DL-phenylalanine, which is another um, one that makes you feel happy. And that one's also a pain, a, a natural um Pain with oh gosh, pain reliever, pain reducer. What'd you say? (laughs) Pain reliever, (laughs) yeah, pain reliever. That's the word, reliever. Um, so the phenylalanine is kind of a natural pain reliever. So if you supplement with that, then you can help um, chronic pain and things like that. So there's there's those reasons, those emotional and psychological reasons are a big part of why people struggle with food. Like I just said, you know, when I'm pissed off, I go for the chocolate chip cookie. But if I'm not pissed off, I'm not going to go for a chocolate chip cookie. Um, and so it, when you control those emotions and understand that, you know, the emotions are a big part of why you're eating those, then you can get a lot further in your journey a lot faster. Yeah. I was going to say that I find myself baking when I'm upset about something. <laughs> so yeah. people who say that emotions don't play into your food choices, it's very <laughs> inaccurate. Um, but one thing that I did want to touch on um was that in terms of cutting out certain things, we can be looking for substitutes for them, so healthier options. So like when I'm talking about baking things, I recently have been coming up with, playing around with recipes, making them um, healthier, doing certain substitutions, because like you just mentioned, like I removed gluten, so I've been using different types of flours and seeing how that works, and instead of using... um, instead of having eggs, eggs don't sit well with me or my daughter, we started using flax eggs. And so I think that it's important to tell people like, you can still have these things, but just paying attention to the ingredients that you're using, it makes the biggest difference. It does make the biggest difference. And you, the more in tune you get with your body, the more quickly you're going to be able to tell when your body is off and what it is that caused your body to be off. So like you're saying, eggs don't sit well with you. A lot of people think, oh, I just don't feel well. Well, it could very well be the eggs that are making you not feel well. So there's a lot of experimenting and tuning in and understanding. Yeah. And I think, like you said, it's important to remind people that these things are not going to happen overnight. You're not, it's not something that's just a quick fix. All of a sudden, everything changes if you just do one thing. It's, it's something that you have to commit to. It's a lifestyle and choices that you have to make every single day. And that's one thing I think that our society in general is not very mindful of is we just want that instant gratification. We just want whatever works in the moment. But that's not actually paying attention to what the root cause of the problem is. That's just putting a Band-Aid on it and hoping that it goes away. Instead of, yeah. like you said, for, like you said, you looked at what your symptoms were and then you started supplementing based off that and then you were able to conceive your beautiful babies. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, the, a lot of people, there's a couple of different complaints when it comes to health food. One is that it doesn't taste very good, which mm-hmm. when you 
really learn about what health food truly is. And health food is just, you know, fruits and vegetables, and they are so full of flavor. And if you just prepare them properly, they have so much flavor. Get some great spices on there, and you're going to make your food taste amazing. Um, and then cost. You know, a lot of people complain about the cost of organic and things like that. But you can actually, you know, you can start your own garden if you choose, if you're a gardener. Um, you can get fresh fruits and vegetables from your neighbors if they garden. There's so many different options. And then, like, the free-range meats, if you buy, you know, a quarter of a cow or a half a cow at a time, then you're getting your meat for about the same price as you pay at the supermarket for the, the lower-quality stuff. Right. Um, you know, it's, a, it's the upfront cost, but it's still, over time, it's the same as what you're paying right now. Right. So there's so many different ways. And if you think about that, too, you can always split that with neighbors. You can say, yeah, I'm going to buy a quarter of a cow, but hey, my neighbors are going to take a third of it or whatever. And yeah. so you split that cost. And I was going to say, too, like the, the CSA programs that they have, like oh. you can you can join and you can get all this fresh, like if you don't have access to a garden yourself, Um, But I love that you brought up the topic of sharing that cost with neighbors and dividing up that food because I don't, I don't think people really even realize that that's an option most of the time. Yeah, there's always ways around it. And, you know, one of my mantras in life is there's always a solution. Always. Yeah. You just have to look for it. And so if you're looking for a solution, you're going to be focused on the solution. You're going to find it. If you're looking at the problem, you're going to focus on the problem and you're going to find it. So um, look for the solution. Yeah. And I love that you shared that. I actually was recently recording a podcast with another guest and she was saying that people look at at what the problem is and they try one way. And then if that doesn't work, they tend to just give up. And Mm -hmm. so it's important, like you just said, there's always a solution, but you have to try multiple, multiple things to figure out what that solution is. If not, then you're just essentially giving up and it's kind of just an excuse because you're not actually taking the time to put the work in to figure it out. Yeah. And this is kind of a segue into one of the big lifestyle changes that I like to recommend, which is meditation. Yes. Um, The best way that I ever heard this put was prayer is talking to God. Meditation is letting God talk to you. Um, And whether, you know, you use the word God or universe or source or whatever word you use for that, it's the same thing. Um, But yeah, it's allowing... And so when we're talking about being in tune with your body and asking your body what it needs, you need that quiet. You need to, to train your mind to be able to quiet down, calm down, because your mind is wonderful and you need it for a reason, but you also need to be able to receive. And we live in this culture that's just go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. And we need to slow down and just sort of let our minds receive and download information sometimes. And that goes to, you know, when you're standing in front of the fridge, asking your body what it needs you're going to be able to receive an answer. Yeah. And I think meditation is so, is such a game changer, but like I, like I was just talking about people just giving up very easily because it doesn't come, doesn't come easily. Um, Meditation can to some may seem intimidating, but the more that you practice it and the more that you try and try it different ways or using different apps or using different ways of breathing, it makes such a difference like such a difference in your life. And I think that's one thing too, is that people don't want to put in the work. They just want easy. And I think it's important to remember that there's nothing in life that's just easy. That's going to, that's going to be healthy for you completely. You know, like I just, I wish there was more open-mindedness when it came to actually slowing down, paying attention, realizing that it's not going to just happen overnight and putting the work in to make sure that you're getting the outcome that you want. 
Well, with our children, we talk about, you know, making them do chores, making them go to college, making them, you know, pay for some of their own college, things like that. Because why? Because it builds character. And so um, it's the same thing for us. Like we're not, we're not done deals at this point. We're still works in progress, just like our children are. So we still need to do the things that help build character too, which means putting in the work for meditation, for healthy eating, for whatever the case may be. Yeah. I love that you say that too, because I feel like there are so many things that people think that we don't have control over, um, especially with like everything that's going on in the world right now. But food is one of those things that we do have control over and we can make choices every day that's going to help us or that's going to not help us. And so we have control over our food and paying attention to our emotions, to how our body's reacting to them. And based on that, making decisions that are going to positively impact us is so important. Yeah, absolutely. It's literally a choice. Every single bite that you take is literally a choice. And are you getting closer to a healthy body or are you taking your body further away from being a healthy body? Um, And it's okay. You know, like we talked about earlier, it's okay. Sometimes you're going to make the wrong choice or I don't know if wrong, wrong is definitely not a good word to use there, but you know, you're going to make that choice that you know is not bringing you closer to health. But as long as most of the time you're making the choice that is beneficial for you and is bringing you closer to health, then, you know, that's really what matters. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're getting to the end of our episode. We've I've loved our conversation so, so much. I just wanted to see if there were any final words that you wanted to leave with listeners today. Um, it's, you know, really at the end of the day, I believe that eating healthy is about self self love. It's a truly an act of self love because it, it improves your mood. It improves your hormones. It improves your fertility. Um, it improves your relationships. It's everything about your life improves when you eat better. So, um, I like to focus on the fact that it's, this is one of your acts of self love that you should perform for yourself every day. Yeah. I love that so much. It's, it's so true. When you're paying attention and tuning into your body and listening to what your body needs, you're loving your body. You're loving yourself. And it's going to positively impact every area of your life. Yes. Um, well, I love those words. And thank you for sharing all of your incredible knowledge and your own experience with us. It's something that I'm really glad that you were feeling open and honest and vulnerable Um, to talk to everybody and share your own journey because like I always like to say when someone hears their hears somebody else's story they realize that they're not the only one or if they've been struggling to talk about their own journey they may feel more encouraged to share that with people and it may be very therapeutic Um, so thank you for that you're welcome my pleasure and I completely agree sharing your story is very therapeutic it's part of your healing process I think absolutely Um, So would you mind sharing where people could find you if they wanted to chat with you? Yeah, so very easy all over social media, um, just September Burton. You can find me on any of the social media. Um, If you're interested in that nutrition plan from Hawaii Surrogacy, just go to hawaiisurrogacy.com slash nutrition, and you can get access to that from there. Perfect. Yeah, and I'm going to be including 
what you just shared with us in the show notes so people would be able to find you that way as well. Um, so thank you again for joining us today. Thank you so much listeners for listening along with us today. We hope that this was a beneficial episode. We hope that you'll share. We hope that you'll ask us questions, engage in these conversations with your friends and your family, and we'll, we will be back next week. Thank you. Bye.